I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. You know, everybody, mm -hmm. that you could be coming instead of going <laughs> if if you'd just taken that ride with Jeff Fahey. But this character, oh no, yeah, he is just <laughs> what a fucking sleaze. What a fucking sleaze ball. <laughs> You see him when he's introduced first, and you're like, oh, he's hot. And then, like, yeah. I mean, he's still hot, but he's just, my God, what a sleaze, you know? Yeah, it's like three minutes after that, you're like, ew. Yeah, he's, like, trying to rape her in the car within the first, like, five, ten minutes of the movie. I'm like, my God. With, like, a flashlight yeah. or something. Like, he's he's got this weird obsession with lights during sexual activities. Yeah. And I'm like, was this something he brought to it, or was it in the script, or was it, like, Anthony Perkins... Like, was that his directorial touch on it? Like, it he's been. like, I've got this great idea. Yeah. Like, you know how there's this, like, normal sex scene in the script? What if we did it with lamps? <laughs> and he just, it's like a lamp dance? Uh, what the fuck is this scene? IMDb said something about that. They said that he wanted him to be totally nude, but the, then he was like, oh, I, I have to have lamps because I'm a man and I can't be totally nude on screen type thing. So, <laughs> so he brought in lamps. <laughs> it's so silly. <laughs> Most actors would have been fine with just a strategically placed, like, muffin basket in, yeah. fr in front of their junk. But, oh, no. Fahey has to bring in the lamps. The, the, the lamp choreography here, yeah. There's lampography going on. <laughs> <laughs> it is truly one of the weirdest sex scenes that I've ever seen in my life. He's so, I don't know. so strange. Yeah, this character is... Uh... I gotta say, it's unforgettable, though, so oh, yeah. they must have done something oh, right. Because sure. I remember it. Like, Because when people say Psycho 3, one of the first things I think of is the lamp sex scene. And his whole guitar obsession. Yeah, don't touch the guitar. Don't touch the guitar. It's like his... An extension of his dick, right? Just don't don't touch that. You know, that's, it that's mine. Yeah. This movie, it's like it's not the most subtle film no. in the world, and I love it for that. <laughs> it is just balls to the walls, crazy. It's sleazy. Uh, there's still a little bit of like prestige to it, but most yeah. of that's kind of left the building. But that's okay because it totally yeah. works in this. Uh, for 1986, it's a very 1986 like vibe in terms of mm -hmm. like like it commits more to the slasher bits than any of the previous ones did. And yeah, directorial debut for Anthony Perkins mm -hmm. and quite a good debut. Like he's got a great eye for color and comp composition. Like th technically, it it feels less like a slasher to me and more like a like Italian horror film like mm. there's a lot of like Mario Bava in there with all the colored lights and mm -hmm. it's just a very it, there's like a, a little bit of like a Ken Russell vibe which Anthony Perkins had just done Crime of Passion with him and I'm like I wonder if that rubbed off because it has that same kind of sleazy vibe I read that I love like it. one of his biggest influences was Blood Simple which had just come oh, out like a couple okay, years before, yeah. which I can see that, some of that in here. Yeah, and I, I, I think the score was also done by Carter mm -hmm. Burwell, so yeah. that kind of has like a similar vibe. Yeah, we were um, kind of figure, trying to decide how we wanted to end this crazy-ass month of uh, interesting sequels. Yes, I think they've all been, they, they've, they've all had something to offer, have they not, uh, they, they, they I, not? I think they have. What a crazy-ass fucking month, <laughs> but yes. When we announce this, people are probably like, why don't you cover Psycho 2? Like, that's the good one. I'm like, do you think yeah. that would have, like, mixed with our other sequels this month? I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it would have. Yeah. Like, I wanted to get a little down and dirty, you know? Yeah. Just kind of talk talk about some that people don't really talk about that much. And uh, for some reason, Psycho 3 isn't really discussed as much. I think yeah. because Psycho 2 was the really surprising one mm -hmm. because no one expected it to be as fucking brilliant as it actually is yeah, exactly. and so they're like whoa so i think people just kind of write off three and four as just like they're okay all four of them have something uh, i think four mm -hmm. is like easily the weakest but like even that one has elements that are interesting i'm like really this franchise is, is one of the better stronger franchises in horrordom it is and people don't acknowledge it like that for some reason mm -hmm. very often i don't know why i guess yeah. because the first one again is such a classic such a cl and classic yeah. I, I think maybe that's what it is, is that I think the reason it's so good is is because literally everybody, even if you're not a horror fan, 
respects the first film so much. Mm-hmm. And so I think when people come to these trying to write the sequels or direct the sequels or a- act it in them, they're bringing their A game because they know that it's associated with such a classic monument. Yeah. Um, that I think they're just trying to do it justice. And I think that's yeah. that's why they all turned out pretty well. Well, before we get too deep into our discussion, let's see if mm-hmm. we have a topic of the week this week. Wheel. Ooh, she's almost ready. Oh, she's, she's she's excited. She's ready to go. Oh. Calm down, yeah. Will. Calm down. God. We're just at the Bates Motel. It's yeah. not that nice. <laughs> uh, in the spirit of our remakes month, um, the Wheel would like us to give a toot or a boot to third entries in horror film franchises. Of which oh, okay. there are many, 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 many. Leprechaun 3, toot. <laughs> oh, the you toot, had to pick that one first, good, right? didn't you? Yeah, the toot's good. Toot's yeah. good. Boot's bad. Okay. Uh, no comment. It, probably a toot. No but it comment. Dep- <laughs> it depends oh, on the day. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're worse than those Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> bastards. <laughs> I'm not giving it a boot, but I'm also... I, haven't, I need to see it like a couple more times before I commit Leave to it. Leave Leprechaun 3 alone. <laughs> Leave it alone. Loretta, she's she's had a hard time. She could just never pick up the pieces after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> it's not my A material, but it'll do. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, there's so many. Friday the 13th. There's a lot. Okay. Listen, a lot of people seem to love this movie. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's not my favorite. Same, same. Um, it's just kind of, I, it, it's the 3d thing. I think they kind of overdo it. Maybe if I saw it like on the big screen in 3d, I'd be like, this is genius. Yeah. But the 3d versions that I've seen have never really just blown me away. And so I'm, I, I feel like I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the thing with Friday the 13th is that like, they're all basically the same movie. Right. That's the thing. <laughs> so it's kind of like, um, which version did this same plot the best yeah exactly <laughs> so exactly i don't think three did it the best i'm more of a part two guy that's my favorite in the franchise i think so yeah i'd probably go more for two or even four um over four three. is good i i do like four a lot although yeah. i'm starting to hear a lot of hate for part four and i'm like hmm. is it because for so long it was one of the most like lauded ones in the franchise and now they're like you know what actually it sucks yeah. we just want to be like rude to part four it's had enough love yeah you know? I, 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 I don't know because i always thought it was a Really great way to kind of end the franchise. Of course, that didn't happen, <laughs> but <laughs> oh well. But then we wouldn't have part five, a new beginning. So, which I think is just ridiculous. Interesting. And, uh, yeah. It, yeah. It's, so <laughs> that would have been a good one for this month if we had covered a. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, we should have. Yeah, we we'll should. come back around. Oh, to this. We'll, yeah. yeah There's so many sequels. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, uh, well, so I guess it's a. I'll give it a toot just because it's it. I don't hate it. I enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's, what's, I that's what's hard for this this toot boot thing. It's like it's such a yeah. uh, either or thing. I think it's a boot for me, just just purely because I like so many other ones better than that one. But I, yeah. I don't hate it either. But what else? Uh, Child's Play three? That's another one. that's kind of hard to like. Oh, I oh because of the nostalgia involved. It's like I want to give it a toot, but I then know. It, rewatching yeah. it, it was a yeah. little while ago. I was like, fine. <laughs> But I don't hate it enough to boot it out. That's completely. the problem. Like, yeah, yeah. I might want to watch it again in like another twenty-five years. I don't know. Right. Scream three. I will boot. I yeah. I I'd be okay if that didn't exist. But I love Parker Posey in it. But I don't. That's really the only thing. I, I love, love Parker Posey it, in so. it. But I could also just go watch Josie and the Pussycats and be happy. That's with that. true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nightmare. That's a good one. That's a boot. Oh, I mean, yeah. Toot, 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 toot. Sorry, I meant to say toot. Toot, 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 toot. Like one of I the will best. toot yes. that one's horn forever because that's just great cast, mm-hmm. great concept, makes me laugh, makes me uncomfortable, makes me cry. Yeah. It, it does it all. I don't remember the third entry in Slumber Party Massacre. What? I would give it a boot. Okay. I didn't like it. Yeah. I don't remember much about it except that I did not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Prom Night 3, I know you're a bigger fan of that one. I would say toot. Okay. <laughs> Only because I like that it does something kind of different. Yeah. And I'm all for that. Yeah. Does it work all the time? No. Yeah. But some of the jokes are really funny. So I'm like, eh. Okay. I will say no comment. It's it. just been too long for that one for me to yeah. give an objective opinion about. So, man, I don't know. There's so many. Uh, Hellraiser 3. Halloween 3. Oh, Halloween 3. Yeah. Halloween 3. Yeah. Halloween 3. Obviously toot. a toot. I mean, we yeah. we gushed over that one for a whole oh, episode. Totally. So, yeah. 
And okay, so you said Hellraiser three. Hellraiser yeah, three. I would say toot. I would say toot. I would say toot. It's, it's it's kind of fun. It's a totally different kind of toot from like the first two. Yeah. But um, yeah. It's just dumb fun. Like it knows what it is. Yeah. It's not trying to be anything you know super intelligent and yeah. Mm-mm. I mean, there are CDs flying at people's heads. And I don't know why you don't find that intelligent, Kevin. That is pure art, okay? Well, they brought it back for Carrie, too, you know? <laughs> yeah, they were like, you know what really worked the first time? Like, why don't we bring this back? <laughs> it's just a trope that just keeps on giving, you know? Bring it back today, you know? I think it only happened twice, but it should happen more. Yeah, keep, you know, keep it going. Maybe three three times will be the charm. Mm-hmm. It's still, and it's so much better than like all of the directed DVD sequels. So there's that too. Well, I can't comment because I haven't seen them all. Well, yet, I haven't seen them all, but... but I've now seen up through eight, and I finally oh, watched yeah? Deader, which was fucking terrible. Like, I, oh, I, probably no. one of my least favorite, if not my least favorite, just not good. Oh, oh no. Ugh. It's like there's this like cult thing going on, and this 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 girl's like investigating them, but like there's no drive or energy or anything, and it's just like oh, by the man. end of it, I'm like, my god, this is ugh, I can't, no. Well, speaking of cults, I mean, yeah. Children of the Corn three, I would say two to loot. Yeah, I'll give it a two just for being so fucking Dude, crazy. It would have been a good one this month as well. Um, oh yeah, oh god yeah. We'll get yeah. to it at some point. Yeah, it's um, it's fucking nuts. <laughs> Army of Darkness, I I would toot that one. Army of Darkness, yeah. Other, toot. yeah, it's yeah. Really fun. I, I, we both, you know, unpopular opinion, but we prefer it to the second one. I think. I really do. Yeah. yeah. What about Saw Three? I don't really remember what even Saw happens in Saw Three. Three. I know some people got tortured. I think. What did Maybe. happen in Saw Three? Why was that the one where the dude was in the thing where like, like his bones are being broken like slowly? uh i maybe yeah and then like i think someone blows their head off at some point i don't know all those movies just blend together except for the first one i actually thought the first one was really smart first one was solid um, yeah yeah exorcist 3 i like that yeah movie. that's a good one super uh, solid a good one it's uh, actually one of the better ones in the brad Dura is great in that movie uh, and does not get like any recognition in that movie he doesn't get no. enough recognition period he's just always gonna be know, chucky and i'm like rude. okay I, that, I get it he's great as chucky but he's like really good in everything rude, he does rude so rude mother of tears mm. how do we feel about that <laughs> what do you even say i mean we did a whole episode on it go listen to it like I've... i think that defies the toot or boot categorization <laughs> it's on its own wavelength it somewhere exists in its own in realm another of... world yeah <laughs> it's... there's a monkey and there's a baby that falls apart before it hits the water and its arm <laughs> falls off or something yeah arm it's... falls it... off <laughs> baby it's the, the side of its arm it's, and then the witch just and dies because they like pull t-shirt. off her tunic thing and like that's it <laughs> tunic fancy okay yeah. it's an undershirt it's an from undershirt. target kevin okay god you know the more i think about it the more i think i'm in love with that movie I... <laughs> just like the sheer audacity it's, it's such of a pandemic in that movie. movie yeah it's <laughs> it's one that i can't look at objectively until we're out of all this no I'll always know what you did last summer. Boot, of course. Oh, boot right up the ass yeah. with no lube. Although oh. Urban Legends Final Cut or Urban Legends I, Bloody Mary, I don't know. I'm gonna say maybe a two. Maybe a two. I kind of enjoy it. It's yeah, kind of interesting, and I like Mary Lambert. This is doing some. I did too. So um, you know what, toot. Yeah, Final Destination three. That's a good one. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. People don't like that movie, do they? I always hear people say like, "Well, it's not as good as part one or two. I'm like, but it's better than part fucking four. I like it better than two. I think. Really? Yeah. That's an unpopular opinion. This is getting controversial. Well, I have to just, eject myself from two this. Two is just this so is dark. It's it's like, two is really really fucking really dark. Mean. Like it it's has no really fun. It's just like <laughs> it's so mean. And it has just ruined my driving skills because I'm always afraid that like a big log is gonna fall off a truck and kill, or a water bottle is gonna get stuck under my pedal and then I can't move. It's like my god. I do think two is probably the most iconic of the franchise because that yeah. because of of that scene. Yeah. Everyone's you know because you just see all of those memes constantly of like i don't drive behind these log trucks because of final destination yeah. and i'm like you mean final destination 2 yeah you're not a big puppet master person right you haven't seen too many i've of those. never seen one three is actually one of the better one. ones so i'm gonna give that one a a tentative uh i keep reading toot that's what it is right toot, the toot toot toot, toot, yeah. toot yeah uh toot. it gets into like the history and some of the yeah background information about all the characters and stuff and I, that's interesting day of the dead i i'll give that a toot i like that one yeah, I think it's so. Fun. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, it's, it's solid. Candyman three, you can boot that. Oh, and... boot right into space. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> that was rough. That was a rough one. What were they thinking? 
can go hang out with Leprechaun in space for part four. Oh. <laughs> I think there were talks for like a, a crossover with those two at one point, if I remember right. Like a What a, fresh hell would that I be? I know. Like? <laughs> oh man. Helen. Helen. No, it's me. I I'm <laughs> looking for my shilling. Like what? I lost me lucky like, charms up here. They, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I can't help you. I have honey. It's like, like, what, what, what would that even be? Like, what? Yeah. Why would they do? I'm going what to attack you with my bees. What would the plot of this be? This is fascinating. Okay, maybe, maybe they say Candyman like several times into a mirror, and then they accidentally wake up both Candyman and Leprechaun, and I don't know. <laughs> the Grudge Three. Have you ever seen The Grudge Three? It's bad. That's all I remember. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> it, like really it's bad. It's not great. Yeah. We never did get a ring three, but thank God because two thank is not good. Thank God for small mercies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord, I couldn't, I couldn't handle more. Well, wait, no, we did. We got rings. Oh yeah, rings. we did get it, which is terrible. Which by I still the way, seen, but it's, I, it's so bad that I, I forgot it existed, and I forget. I don't remember anything <laughs> about it. Like that's how bad it is. Again, there, I'm sure there's a million we're, we're missing, but you know. Yeah. Uh, let us know if you have any other favorites or or yeah. ye- or yell at us if, if you disagree with something that <laughs> don't be like oh y'all didn't talk about the wishcraft yeah. series or whatever what was that franchise that was just like there's like 50 of them uh witchcraft yeah witchcraft it's, like it's that, just got yeah. like straight people having sex on the cover yeah. it looks like a harlequin romance yeah but live action right. with like some sort of demons or witches. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. I've never seen one. I haven't either. They were always in the back room at the video store. They were. The, the Sin Cities. Mm-hmm. Mm. Minneapolis, St. Paul. St. Paul. <laughs> yeah, but that's most of it. Gender Steps 3, that one's kind of fun. It's like a flashback thing where they're like in the past. It's kind of fun, but. I don't think I've seen three. I saw two, and yeah. I was like, eh. Yeah. But then, like, recently people have been like, two and three are pretty good and i'm like maybe i was just in the wrong mood maybe i need to rewatch them because i love the first one it's great so. yeah first one's I need iconic to yeah. give it a shot the howling three i don't remember anything about that one i i know i saw it yeah on tnt yep way back when but yep. i don't remember much except that i think someone gives birth to a werewolf in like a tent or mm. something okay yeah. and it's like a human lady but maybe she had sex with a werewolf i don't know because as judy Greer says in cursed you know there's no such thing as safe sex with a <laughs> werewolf um, if that, only more people would learn in that iconic um, film. Yes, it's it's a very common problem. Safe sex with were- werewolves. And uh... and then she flips off the audience and runs off <laughs> as a CGI werewolf. And... Oh, curse. Curse. Cursed. Released the original Craven cut. All fi- five of them or whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's like 50 different versions. And I want to see them all. Every single one, please. OK, well, that's a that's a good bunch of sequels, I think. Yes. Uh, or <laughs> questionable bunch of sequels, but yeah. Yeah. If there's any more, just let us know. You know, had we done research, maybe we could have found more, yeah. but who has but, the time? <laughs> Come on. Please. <laughs> okay, I got some coffee here. Fancy. I know. Getting all jacked up for something. <laughs> I, I want to be as sweaty as every person in this movie. <laughs> Everyone is so sweaty in this movie. <laughs> They're so sweaty. <laughs> Good lord. It's such a grimy the film. Budget. Yeah. It's, it, it, while also being kind of classy. It's a weird balance. Again, I mean, it's, it's, but it still has kind of some of that grime to it and that. Yeah. It's, yeah. I love that about it. Written by Charles Edward Pogu. Pogue. Do you know how to pronounce that? We're going to go with Pogue, who co wrote The Fly. So there's your he class sure there. Did. Yeah. I know. That is classy. Yeah. Also, Dragonheart from the 90s randomly, but. Oh. But was more. That the Kevin Costner movie? I think so, yeah. With or was a, that Dennis Quaid? I don't remember. I, they're basically Some the same person in, in the 90s. So yeah. <laughs> Someone like that. Of course, directed by the very queer Anthony Perkins. Ever heard Indeed. of him? No. If you haven't, then you should be ashamed you of should. yourself. And like An we said, this iconic was... iconic man. His directorial debut, he only directed one other film that I've not seen called Lucky Stiff. Uh, I've not seen that. I've not no. either. From I know the musical Lucky Stiff, but it has nothing to do with that, so... I've seen a porno called that. I don't know if that's the same one. I don't know if that's where his career went. It was went not very that, lucky, let me tell you. It was not. What about Lucky Stiff 3? Have we talked about that one? Lucky Stiff 3. Lucky Stiff. The stiffening. The stiffening. <laughs> Still stiffen. Too fast, too, too, too stiff. stiff. Originally, he wanted to shoot this in black and white, but the studio was like, nope, we don't want you to do that. 
I've heard conflicting things, but apparently during the filming of this was when he found out he was diagnosed with HIV. But I've also heard that was during the filming of Four. So somewhere in that like nebulous four year period, I guess there was an original version of this script where Dwayne was actually the killer, which I could see that mm. because he's so creepy in this. He's like, oh, yeah, especially yeah. when he's just sitting in that room with like the dead body and like he kisses it at one point. Right. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Ew, I know it's icky. I guess he, he would have just been like obsessed with Norman and just wanted to kind of fuck with him or something. I don't know the really rationale of how they would have worked that out. But so uh, like he wasn't really headed on his way to become like a rock star. He was just yeah. on his way to become like friends with Norman and like fuck with his life or yeah. something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess so. Wow. And Maureen was apparently a psychologist originally. Um, weird. And they wanted to bring back Janet Lee, which would have been a weird choice, but oh, uh, that could have been interesting. fascinating. Yeah. Wow, that would have been kind of cool because of the whole like Marion Crane doppelganger thing. Yeah, but I think after the second one, the studio was like, you know, we want to see Norman actually be the killer and everything because he didn't really no. kill anyone except for the no. Emma spool at the end of the, yeah. the second one. So he was kind of the victim, really. In yeah, he was part, part two. That's why it's so great, though, too. Yeah, it's it's so good because like yeah. the tables get turned. And I I do feel like maybe that's one thing I don't like about three three as much is that it's it's sort of like back to the basics of yeah, like yeah. he's yeah. this crazy guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's an attempt at sort of still humanizing him with yeah. the Maureen relationship and stuff, which I think is actually really sweet. But yeah. it's I, I, I do kind of miss like sweet victim Norman. True, true. I just want him to get his life back together. I know. I just I was rooting for him. That, we were all rooting for you. How dare leave you? Norman alone. How dare you? I do like that it it um removes the retcon from the second one because I never really liked mm-hmm. having Emma be like his mother. Like it works when you watch one, two, and three together, but when you just watch two, mm-hmm. I'm like, but I, I prefer having Norma as the mother. Like I just I, yeah. I, because that was what was established in the first one. It feels like you're like mm-hmm. messing with something from the first one, which I don't really care yeah. for when it's like that far, you know, away. Yeah, what else? I mean of course we mentioned the this crazy ass score, which is, you know, composed by Carter Burwell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's kind of a beautiful score. It's a very haunting score. What I love about both part two and three is that they have these very sort of like lush kind of haunting scores. Whereas like the first film is just this very driving, intense, scary kind of score. Mm. But these these do have these kind of beautiful scores that that have these nice kind of sensitive themes and this one's more like electronic that. at times yeah a little yeah. more synthy than mm-hmm. even part two was um and this guy of course has done like all the coen brothers movies or at least most yeah. of them and he's done todd haynes movies and spike jones mm-hmm. and martin mcdonald like yeah. he's been all over the place so um, mm-hmm. and this was like one of his first films after blood simple yeah. so yeah. it's an interesting score because then all of a sudden like they there, there's like this like random chanting in there occasionally it's like I yeah, know, da, yeah. Da. i'm like is this suspiria now like what is this? it plays so with weird. the kind of yeah um i love it though catholic guilt kind of vibe yeah. of the movie which comes in with this this character of the, the nun that we'll get into opened this movie on july 2nd 1986 it grossed 14 million against an eight million dollar budget so mm. not too shabby not too there bad. although psycho 2 made 35 million so it was a step down uh. from that critics were mixed but it was kind of mixed positive like it has a 60 percent mm-hmm. on rotten tomatoes which surprised me i oh, thought it was gonna be wow. a lot lower than that but yeah with uh, everything we've been talking about recently with those fucking rotten tomatoes i yeah. was like what did this get like a 10 percent you know? right Psycho 2 and Psycho 3 both have a 60%, which is interesting. But then it only has mm. a 29% audience score. And I'm like, what, what's oh, up Oh, fuck the audience. Yeah. yeah, fuck the audience. What did they want? What yeah, did they what, want what from a movie? What more could you want in a movie? Hello? I want people w- that are glistening with sweat. I want troubled, suicidal nuns that say there is no God in the first two minutes of the movie. It's like the first line of the movie, yeah. <laughs> it's the first line. What kind of a movie opens with the line, there is no God? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's great. You gotta love a movie. That's that's a movie with some balls. That movie's got guts, you yeah. know? Cajones. I like that. I'm sure this played very well in Alabama, I'm mm-hmm. sure. I'm sure there were no walkouts at all. No. I'm sure it was... <laughs> Every Monday I wake up the same way. You know, I hear the bells and just go, there is no God. And I go to work and rinse and repeat every day. Yeah, it's... Is this the like Maureen Prescott? Is this her backstory here? It's her origin story. Origin story. I guess she could, could have survived be. that uh, that d- d- Cupid a- arrow to the head. I don't know. It's, maybe it's possible. I don't know. Or maybe she uh, she grew up and became the best friend of Michelle Pfeiffer. In what lies beneath? I don't know. Mm, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Who knows, really? It's. 
I believe she she also had a mother. I think her name was Joan Crawford, and uh, she was very ab- abusive. And uh, she hated those wire Diana hangers. Scarwood, and, yeah. man, she, what what a career she's had! Some great roles. I mean, just yeah. wild, yeah, roles in these. She's really good in this. movies. She's, she's, she's wonderful. She's yeah. like, like the rest of the movie is kind of campy, but her role mm-hmm. is very sad. Like, yeah, yeah, she depresses me in this. Yeah, in the, it's in very the best sad. way. It's like, very sad because <laughs> she's like bad depression. It's like, well, well, first of all, she you know, the beginning of the movie, right? This this nun, uh, mm-hmm. what's it called, convent, and yeah. they're just everybody's just like at a 10 the whole time <laughs> yeah they're really mean to her like yeah. she just wants to kill herself okay just yeah. let her do it okay if that's what she wants to do let her do it and they're yeah. like no come down from the bell tower you're a sinner yeah. and as they try to do it she accidentally pushes one over the railing and we get the flying nun who just falls to <laughs> i love a flying nun <laughs> she just goes smack and it's it's kind of like the end of uh vertigo it yeah. kind of oh opens like vertigo ends oh you're right and, very um, true. i didn't even think about yeah. that that's very true and yeah. uh and then the other nuns are like you sinner wasn't your own sin you'll burn in hell yeah and then she's just like cast off into the desert it's kind of like the sound of music you know like <laughs> how do you solve a problem thing. like yeah. marine yes marine. and um because they don't understand her at the convent so she's got to go and find herself a damaged man to fix yeah you know to feel useful in the world you know yeah, she she was already having doubts about her faith, and then she accidentally yeah. kills someone in her convent, and that makes it even worse. Is now she's on the road, uh, t- <laughs> trucking through Arizona or wherever, and yeah. I've even heard her singing in the Abbey. <laughs> I have confidence in Norman. Norman. <laughs> I have confidence he's not crazy. <laughs> It's both two and three, you know, have these women who want to believe the best out of Norman. And in they two, do. it is it is more, uh, you know, deserved. But by three, is. he has just been completely broken by all the shit that has happened to him. And he is back into his yeah. complete psycho mode. Well, because when we meet him in this one, he's like poisoning birds so that he can take them in and stuff them. I'm like, yeah. well, that's a great character introduction. Way mm-hmm. to make me like mm-hmm. you. You yeah. know, it's like, mm. So he's just right back to his old tricks, and now he's talking to the corpse of Mrs. Spool mm-hmm. um, as if she is his mother, and yeah. and it's implied that she's been missing now for a, about a month. So about I guess month. this movie takes place like a month after part two. Yeah. And everyone in, in the town, for the most part, is actually kind of on his side now because of after everything he went through with Lila and Ma- Mary and them trying to make it seem like he was the kick killer yeah now they're like oh my god this poor guy like just leave him alone you the know? sheriff is so clueless like every yeah. cop in every movie you know mm-hmm. he has now decided yes that norman is just a normal guy like leave him leave him be he didn't do anything yeah. to hurt you exactly and you know at, and at, at this moment he really has no reason to think that he is a killer Right, he's being enabled essentially. Like everybody's yeah. telling him he's totally fine, and yet yeah. you know he's not. But he just goes along with it because he's like, "I must be fine if everybody tells me I'm okay." And right. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I mean, who doesn't hit old ladies in the head with, you know, shovels and I mean, stick their bodies in a bed? It's not like an everyday thing, but you know, <laughs> no, it's like once a month for me. I've I've cut down since the pandemic. You know, I just want to stay safe. You know, I don't want to. And in the meantime, Maureen has nowhere to go, so she's picked up by this dude, Dwayne. Dwayne. Who has the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen and the worst fucking personality I've ever encountered. (laughs) Dwayne, yeah. Who wants to be like this rock star and he's really touchy about anyone that touches his guitar, which you learn in like the first three seconds that she's in the car can he even sing i don't i haven't heard it not from from what we heard it wasn't anything to write home about so i think he might want to you know just stay working at the bates motel because i don't know or maybe he could be a stripper i don't know i mean that yeah he could pull that that off i mean he's a good looking guy i'll I'll tell you that very attractive yeah yeah but But always very sticky and sweaty like everybody else in this movie like go take a shower everyone in this movie i need everyone to go a communal shower like right now please yeah it's a little unnerving okay it's like to play up the again the catholic guilt you can't rinse off all that filth from you you oh i like that interpretation i do think there's a little bit of of that in this movie where uh just from anthony perkins angle of like 
what's there's the scene where Norman is like the past is always there it's throbbing inside of you and just mm-hmm. this this repressed kind of sexuality thing because we know yeah. for a fact that Anthony Perkins was you know repressed to some degree like he was you know he was Absolutely, having a relationship yeah. with men but then he started with women and it was always like mm-hmm. it's just because you know you and have these repressed thoughts he could or, never really be out with it you know yeah. and and I think he brings a lot of that to Norman who also is so sexually repressed I don't oh, even yeah. think he probably ever has had sex that's yeah. the thing yeah is that, you know, his mother, I'm assuming, told him it was this bad, naughty, disgusting thing. Yeah. Probably to keep him at the house so she wouldn't be alone for yeah. her life, you right. know. And so he lives with that. And so every time he's aroused, you know, it triggers this sort of homicidal urge, you know, to stop the arousal. And I think he is bringing a lot of that to it. You know, it, yeah. it's this fear of just letting go and just being yourself and giving in to these urges yeah. that are totally natural. Like... I mean, if you see someone like Maureen, I mean, she's an attractive woman. Of course, you you, you might have an urge. Yeah. Um, but the problem with him is that whenever he gets that urge, he's like, oh, that's that's bad. That's bad. That's yes. that's un- uncomfortable. So maybe there's some religious repression going on in that household, too. It's it's right. never really discussed, but I, I feel like there's probably some sort of repression there. Right. From that's, that aspect. That's kind too. of what draws him to. Maureen to some degree because she's feeling similar things only with her yeah. it's, it's not it's not necessarily the mother it's God mm-hmm. you know telling her not to yeah. you know act certain ways or right. whatever but it, yeah it's the it's the same sort of setup essentially you know she's yeah, because repressed she, um, and he's repressed and yeah she leaves the convent essentially because she was like I had doubts about c- carrying this on because yeah. I want to know like the pleasures of the flesh and stuff yeah. and I felt bad ab- about that and he kind of wants the same thing yeah and so it's like these two damaged, repressed people kind of meeting in this odd way. And it's actually, it's kind of beautiful in some scenes where yeah. you really kind of root for them to just get together and get over their own insecurities and hangups and just be normal, you know, just have a normal re- relationship. Yep. But they have too much baggage for that to happen. It's too much and baggage. It's, it's, it's sad, but it's, it's it's very true to life in that way, you know. Uh, it's just a lot of excess baggage starring Alicia Silverstone. That's all it is. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, and it's and she kind of I think is the same way as um, um, what's her name from the second one? I'm blanking. Mary. Ma- Mary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. In the sense that like. They 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 see Norman as like you said like sort of a project of sorts and mm-hmm. they're they're attracted to the mystery um, yeah. element of this this guy but they don't see the darkness as a result it's like they 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 see some of it but you know it's been kind of clouded over by the fact that they they just see him as the victim type character I, I, and he's just so cute too like he's yeah. just really adorable he's and so yeah. Yeah. there's these little moments in his performance performance where you just want to hug him you know he's just yeah. so sweet and then he'll you know go kill someone and you're like oh norman i was rooting for you i know <laughs> it's like I know. and that's the great part of, about this character is that somehow he does these horrible things and yet he's still so relatable and likable because yeah. you see underneath it all like he just wants to be loved he doesn't want to be alone and there's a line in this because uh it, it, it's it's right when Dwayne comes in to apply for a job and mm-hmm. and he says, oh, you'll leave soon. Everybody does. Yeah. And I just thought that was kind of a like a really sad line, you know, because really everyone in his life does end up leaving in some way. And it's almost like now I think he keeps his mom around, you know, her corpse because, you know, she can't leave. You know, she's it's still some re- reminder of her yeah. and it makes him feel less alone in this sort of really creepy, dis- disturbing way. Right. It, right. it keeps her alive. And I just I find that just so profoundly sad, and I never picked picked up on that until last night. Right? Yeah. The, like, oh wow. That angle's been around since even the first one. You know, that, yeah. He had the, the dead body in there. So yeah. Sad. But it's true. It's you know, uh, and the people who don't leave him right away, he just assumes they're going to. So that's probably yeah. part of the reason why he just decides to kill them first before they yeah. get a chance to actually leave him. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's kind of self sabotage in that way. Just yeah. yeah, like everyone leaves, so why not just speed the process along? You know, whether yeah. it's more of a subconscious thing for him, but it's still. It happens. might be, yeah. But then, so, um, Dwayne throws Maureen out of the car because um, she wakes up at night when they're pulled over dur- during a rainstorm, and he has this flashlight. He's, yeah. like, sticking up her pants, and she's like, uh, no, dude. And he's like, no, it's 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 cool. Like, you're going to love it and stuff. And she's like, no. And so he just, like, throws her suitcase out into, like, this pile of mud. It goes splash and shit yeah. and throws her out in the rain. And um, and then he goes and he applies for a job yep. at the Bates Motel. Mm-hmm. 
And then, as luck would have it, Marine shows up there eventually. Yeah. And she's like, oh, not you, you know? It's it's pretty shit. Again, it's a series of unfortunate events for this this woman. But yeah. it's like, now you have to be around the guy who just tried to rape you, essentially. And it's uh, like... It's awful, it's yeah. It's just like, this woman cannot catch a break in this. And I don't know. No. Like, there's a metaphor in there, but just, you know, it's... Yeah. She, she's a really tragic character in this. And then to make everything worse, there's this reporter named Tracy Venable. Tracy who Venable. <laughs> is on the case. She wants to prove that um, serial killers can maybe possibly be rehabilitated or maybe not. That's what she's trying try, trying to find out. Mm-hmm. And so she wants to talk to Norman ab- about it. But, you know, the people uh, that he used to work with at the diner are like, uh, just leave him alone. Like, he's been through enough. Yeah. And... We don't we don't want your type around here harassing this good boy, you know, and she just will not quit. And she like sits him down and is just like talking to him and just like and like you never really know what her game is. Like you never really know like if she's a good person or a bad person. She's an odd character. Yeah. Yeah. She's very like morally gray. Mm -hmm. Like there's Mm -hmm. not you never know like if she's just trying to get a story or if she actually cares or. Yeah. She's like Gail Weathers, but not as interesting Mm -hmm. because you don't know know anything about her. Yeah. It's it's no. Yeah. Like I get a slight lesbian vibe from her occasionally because there's that one scene where Dwayne Dwayne twice. What the Mm -hmm. (laughs) now I'm Barbara Walters. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome Tonight, to 2020. Six, 2020, yeah. <laughs> Norman Bates was a murderer. <laughs> oh, no. Back to you, Katie. <laughs> Katie Quirk. Katie Quirk. What are you talking um... about my colonoscopy? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Not till sweeps week. Not till. Um, so I'll recover from this. I promise. She... <laughs> turning into barbara waters this is embarrassing she she um she's at the bar and she's being picked up by Dwayne, mm-hmm. and she's like it almost seems like she's having like a flirt a flirtation with the uh the lady behind the bar yeah and like they're having like a kind of a conversation and stuff mm-hmm. and it's just like some of the things that she says to Dwayne are just like very much like you know like you have no dick like you're just you're useless and stuff i'll and buy like, it like possible I, I would vibe. i would buy that like pretty much everyone in this movie is bisexual to some degree it's i just I get would, that vibe. i would i feel like that yeah like yeah. the the red girl later on who like invites him into a threesome essentially and he's like he thinks about it for yeah. a second he's like well and i don't know that Dwayne would really you throw a fit about it either i, I could see him just being like know. you know what i'm drunk and whatever <laughs> i mean he has enough lamps for everybody yeah i don't know <laughs> it'd be a whole light show <laughs> Industrial lights and magic, yeah, light show up in here. Oh, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. So what happens? Yeah. So the Tracy's on the case. Tracy mm-hmm. is Gail on the case, and um, so Marine stops into the diner dur- during this, and she's like, "Is there a place to stay that's inexpensive?" You know. Yeah. Norman sees that on her on her luggage, it's there's the initials of MC, and she's like, "Oh," and he's like, "Oh my God, Marion Crane! Wow, like she's back." Yeah. You know, and he has like this weird like flashback of Marion being killed, and then like she turns into Maureen and stuff. I like how even the flash the, the flashbacks from Psycho Two are in black and white. Like I've I've kind of always yeah. wanted a copy of Psycho Two in black and white. Like I wish they would release that. I just think I it'd be really what that interesting. Would be like I, yeah. I mean I can make one really easily, but I'd like to see like oh, an yeah. actual like you know professionally done one someday. One day, one day. <laughs> and uh, so then Maureen, of course, comes to the motel. Since it's like the only place to stay in this town mm-hmm. and immediately encounters Dwayne and she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, God, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, but then, like, she notices Norman, like, staring at her as she goes to her room. And, of course, it's in cabin number one, you know, of course, yeah, of course. just like Marion. Mm-hmm. And um, I find it interesting. They still have not covered up that hole in the wall mm-hmm. of the parlor mm-hmm. that goes right into cabin number one. The peephole. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After everything. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, Norman's starting to get some urges again. You know, he's he's feeling that that fire in his loins, it's and like that the pang in his heart. The Psycho remake where Vince Vaughn is just like furiously jacking off, right, looking through that hole. Well, they had to add something. They gotta make, gotta make it risky. Well, make him jerk off. The kids will love that. The kids yeah, will love. Like, <laughs> they love it when people jerk off on the critics motion all. pictures. Eat it up. <laughs> Roger and, Ebert just loved it. <laughs> <laughs> did he <laughs> i don't even remember what he, i don't know what he thought about that movie this movie he um, liked siskel did oh. not like probably because it has 
violence and gore and shit. And it was Probably. one of those slasher movies. But um, Siskel or uh, Dill Hole. Ebert liked it, yeah. Ebert actually liked it more than part two, which is interesting. Wow, really? I didn't know that there were people, I guess they prefer this one to part two, which is interesting to me. Like, I I like them both, but I I still prefer part two, but. Yeah, I really love them, but I I think part two is probably the better film. Yeah. Just, I think the story is a little more interesting. Right. Like, this one's more 80s, like, in terms of just being so Definitely. Like, slashery and everything, but yeah. Yeah, I think if you're into, like, style and, like, crazy stuff, I think yeah. maybe this film will probably sure. win your heart more, yeah. but yeah. I think the plotting of two is a little yeah, bit better. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, then, yeah. like, um, Dwayne goes out on, yeah. the, on, the, on, the town, on and, the town, and he uh, he encounters Tracy, and she's like, oh, so you work at the Bates Motel, and he's like, yeah, and she's like well, I'd like to talk to you. Do you know what happened there? And he's like, no. Mm-hmm. And so she tells him everything. And in the in the meantime, uh, Maureen is at her wit's end. So she decides she's going to kill herself. And she cuts her wrists. Mm-hmm. And Norman has decided he's going to kill her because <laughs> she's tr- triggered something in his mind, you know. Yeah. And as he walks in, <laughs> it's it's almost darkly funny because <laughs> He walks in, about to recreate basically the shower scene from Psycho, Psycho yeah. and he opens up the curtain and he finds her there with these sliced wrists. And you know he must just be thinking, "Well, shit!" Like you know, it's like this sort of like she got there before I did. Yeah. But something happens. She thinks that this Mrs. Bates character in front of her is actually the Virgin, the Virgin Mary, Mary. <laughs> which is so cool. It's like this really cool shot where it's 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 all blurry and stuff. It's really cool. It's and, kind um, of an interesting dichotomy of like she's seeing yeah. him as the Virgin Mary and he's seeing her yeah. like as her his savior of sorts because it knocks yeah. him out of the 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 mood of being the mom exactly. and suddenly he's back to himself and he feels like he has to save her. It's it a really interesting twist. Yeah. And so then she wakes up in the hospital and he's there and and um, he's all like, you know, you can stay here like free of charge for FOC, as he likes to call it in the biz, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, and she's like, why are you being so nice to me and stuff? And and it's really sweet. And you're like, "Uh oh, something's about to bloom. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Dwayne meets Red, as she's called at the the bar after he learns all about Norman. Mm hmm. And brings her back to the motel. Yeah. And Red has a little encounter with Norman. And as you said, she invites him in to have a little three-way. It's like my favorite scene in the movie for some reason. I just love it. I, yeah. Because he, he looks it's so, like, uncomfortable, scene. but, like, he wants yeah. to. Like, but yeah, he's like, he oh, that know. sounds like fun. But, oh, mom mom would be so mad. I don't yeah. think I could do that. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then she she walks away and... And um, and her last line is 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 like maybe you can come over sometime or s- something <laughs> like that. And and she walks away for like all the way back to the room. And he finally goes, maybe. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's like he's it's way way too late. Mm-hmm. And then we get the like, wonderful sex scene. The craziest the fucking sex scene. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. She's wrapped yeah. in a sheet, smoking a cigarette, and like licking like playboy pictures on the wall and he's just playing with the lamps i'm like this is the weirdest fucking sex scene i've ever seen in my life i've never had the desire to do anything like this with any of my sexual partners maybe i should i feel like i'm really missing out on an an experience this movie has opened me up to so many (laughs) possibilities with lamps is this a fetish it's like a lamp fetish wouldn't they be hot like how would you have them like up to your face wouldn't they get too hot like and so they have their sex yeah Kind of, and then uh, <laughs> ostensibly, I guess they have sex, or because I mean, she does accidentally touch the guitar, and he's like, "Don't touch the guitar." Yeah, and um, again, his dick, basically, yeah. and yeah, yeah, and it turns out his dick must not be that good because after they're done, she's like, "Okay, let's like go again," because I guess the first time wasn't that good for her. Yeah, and uh, and he's like, "Here's some money for a cab and a, a phone call." Yeah, like and she's five dollars. Like, what the hell? Yeah, cheapskate. And he like throws her out because she, she basically is like, um, well, I could have just stayed home with my vibrator <laughs> because yeah, you weren't very good. <laughs> and uh, he throws her out with 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 without her clothes, and he does throw them at her mm-hmm. again once she knocks on the door. And so she goes and she puts on on her, on her clothes and goes into the phone booth and realizes that her shirt is on inside out. Been mm-hmm. there, right? And so as she is 
trying to put it on the right side. And, and this like freaks me out for some reason. Yeah. Cause we've all been there. We're like, we're putting on a shirt and I don't know about you, but I always think like if I'm toweling off or I'm putting on, put, putting on a shirt and my vision is somehow impaired. What if someone sneaks up on me? Sure. And that just taps right into this whole like crazy fear because then Norman like breaks in through the the glass of the phone mm-hmm. booth and just like stabs her to death and like there's there's glass that's breaking and she's stepping on it with her feet and it's a bare pretty, feet it's gross pretty well filmed like kill sequence there yeah, yeah. I'm, because yeah. it's graphic but it's also sort of subtle at the yeah. same time it's like you don't actually see like a knife going in no you see the blood and stuff but yeah but it's just that like it's 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 especially the shot of her bare feet on the glass that's broken and she's just oh ugh, I hate that. Um and it's and like so she's, she's trapped in this like contained space and yeah. the blood gets all over the clear, you know, oh. stuff and it, yeah, it's it's really well it's shot. It's really well shot. So when you see him like it, cleaning up later, you're like, Oh, okay, like that's that's interesting. Like like it was it was pretty easy cleanup, but also like Yeah. Yeah. Just, At least just it was glass, you know. Yeah, this is yeah. <laughs> so Maureen comes back from the hospital and stuff and yeah. And they decide to go on on on, on like a little date and stuff, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah. And then all of these people start to come in because there's this big homecoming game. And for some reason, they all want to go to this motel and just hang out and I guess drink and smoke pot and watch a homecoming game or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we don't. We, we were t- we were like, talking about this before we started. We don't know like, who these people are. They're like no. tourists, or that's what Wikipedia says. But it's like they are like alumni. But yeah, we don't know if they've already been to the game and they're coming back to stay at the hotel yeah. now or if they're coming to watch the game at the hotel. It's like, mm-hmm. but anyway, it's it's very, you know, like, Friday 13th. Here's at, at home. Just, just a way of getting this group of people here. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tracy starts wanting to sneak up to the damn house and Norman catches her and is like, you better get away from my house, lady. And at some point she discovers that Red never, um, never showed back up or whatever. I don't really know how Dwayne figure that out because it seemed like he didn't really care if she was gone or not but at some point he's like yeah she's missing or i don't like, remember but, yeah i just remember he, yeah. he shoves her in the ice the ice thing the oh that's yeah. someone else yeah that's oh that's yeah the that's the other oh, girl yeah, that's the, other the homecoming who's game, about yeah. to be killed yes yeah, she's about to be killed yeah yeah and it, it's actually really sweet because maureen and norman go out dancing yeah and they're talking it's really sweet and then they they go back to her hotel room and they kind of start to make out and stuff. And then he freaks out and she's kind of like, what's going on? And then they just kind of cuddle. And then she wakes up and he's gone. And he's back at the house and mother, Mrs. Spool, mm-hmm. is all like, she's a whore, kill her. And he's like, I can't do it. And he's got this knife, like he's ready to go and kill. Yeah. And she turns up, Maureen turn, turns up at the porch and is like, Norman, it's me. Like, let's come out and talk. And, and like, I guess to not kill, he like, he, oh, he grabs the, the blade of the knife and yeah. like uses that to like stab like a piece of wood. So it like slides across his it's always hand and so uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. In films when gross. like they're holding a knife or a sword and they grab it by the Ugh. blade and you're like, Ugh. oh, I hate it. Yeah. It's so gross. I'm yeah. like, ow, 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 yeah. ow, ow, ow. And so instead of killing her, he decides to go kill this random person yeah. who On the is toilet. looking for a bathroom. Yeah. Yes. So she goes to the parlor to go pee. What a way to and, go. Um, like she t- And that is played by Kat Shea, who directed The Rage Carry 2 and Poison Ivy. Uh, nice. I did kill. not know that. Yes. Nice. nice. Yes. And yeah, so her throat is slashed and then she's stabbed in the stomach a few times. And so he sticks her in the ice bucket thing outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, doesn't seem sanitary. What if somebody wants some ice? You does know? not. Well, that plays out later, and yeah. and it plays <laughs> into really the just gross. ickiness of this movie. Yeah, so nasty. And so the next day, like everyone's like, okay, so this woman is missing. What's going on? So mm-hmm. Tracy gets the police to get a search warrant and break into the into the house. And Norman's yeah. like, oh shit, oh shit, mom's upstairs. Like they're gonna find her. And so he runs upstairs and discovers mother's gone. Mm-hmm. Where did mother go? And he's like, oh shit. And so they search the place and they're like, yeah, we didn't find anything. I guess you're good, Norman. Tracy, you're crazy. Shut your mouth. You're the girl that cried wolf. We're not going to listen to you anymore, girly girl. And she's like, I know he did it and stuff. And then (laughs) the sheriff just wants a little cool refreshment because it's hot. You know, everyone's all sweaty and stuff. Yeah. Per usual in this movie. And uh, and so he goes into the ice maker thing and takes out a piece of ice. And we see that the body is in the ice maker. (laughs) And he's, mm-hmm. he takes this piece of ice that's, like, 
coated in, in, in blood and like mm. sticks it in his mouth. <laughs> it's so gross. Norman's just like, Ugh. it's it's like a scene from us, like a sitcom. Like yeah. you're just expecting there to be like some weird payoff. And yeah. um, Maureen actually helps too because she says that Norman was with her all night, which yep. is alibi. not the case, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she has an alibi. But she's now she's kind of weirded out now because she's been told what he did. So now mm-hmm. she knows that he is a killer. And she decides to move in with this priest who was at the hospital who's like, you can stay with me. Yeah, who's all, and, a dick. Um, like, and basically yeah, just like, grills her the whole in, time. Like, yeah, two scenes and, yeah. like, does nothing. Yeah. And so she she leaves with Tra- Tracy and, and goes away. Yeah. And then we discover later that uh, there's this note that Mother's left for Norman that says, I'm in cabin 12. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, God. So he goes in there. And there's Dwayne with Mother. You're like, what the fuck's happening? Why does he have Again, mother? What's going on? Sitting here in the dark, like just singing, making, singing <laughs> with his creepy ass guitar. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot to process. There. It's really weird. And But what's great is that like Norman is like not taking any of his shit. Like he's just like immediately he's like, OK, um, I'm going to grab this uh, ashtray. So he ashtray. Gra- grabs it and throws it at his head, which mm-hmm. st- stuns him. And then he grabs the guitar and just smashes it. His head a bunch of times, and then he wraps him in plastic and just takes a little stroll in the car, you know, to go yeah. dump him in the lake. And uh, and he comes too, and he he grabs him and like yep. strangles him, and they have to like, and then they they both like fall into the lake in the car, and they have mm-hmm. to like you know swim out and stuff. But Dwayne thankfully drowns, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then Nor- Norman's back to the house, and in the meantime. Tracy has discovered that Mrs. Spool was actually in an asylum before she started working at the diner. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, my God, what's happening? So she does some research. She does mm-hmm. a little, like, montage where she's doing some re- research. This is, like, her only point in this movie to, like, reveal this, like, the yeah. fact that the retcon from the previous film was not actually true. So yeah. n- now there's that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's her only point. Yeah. And so she discovers that actually – Mrs. Spool was just crazy, and she was pretending that Norma was not the mother. You know? She was the aunt of Yeah, she, she was the aunt. And she was in love with Norman's father, who she mm-hmm. then killed and stole the yeah. baby. But then somehow the cops, I guess, caught her, and then the baby went yeah. back to Norma. Yeah. Man, this family is full of crazy. It is, Oof. yeah. I would actually like to see that prequel. That would be good. I would, too. Um, yeah. The, the spool mur- murders unspooled unspooled there we go. the spool yeah. murders <laughs> and, and so now Tracy is a lady on a, on a mission and she goes back to the house and mm-hmm. in the meantime Maureen is talking to the priest and she's like you know what like I think I'm supposed to be with Norman so I'm mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go and she goes and goes back to the motel and gets all dolled up and stuff and goes to see Norman. Yeah. And she's like, it's going to be okay. Like, I know we're both damaged, but we can make it work. And she walks up the stairs and he kind of pops out. And then he, he grabs her hands and you're like, oh, yay. And then he, mother calls out and he turns and and lets her go. And she falls down the stairs and her head hits the, the sharp point of Cupid's arrow on this little statue. Not exactly subtle, right? It's it uh, drips you know, with blood. Killed by Cupid's arrow, you know? Killed by love. Killed by Aww. love. What a fun 80s power ballad that would be. Killed I've been by killed love. by love, yeah. And so now Norman is just, he's gone. He's a goner. And Tracy mm-hmm. shows back up and discovers that Maureen's body has been dis- displayed on the couch. Yeah. And she comes in with this, like, tire iron thing. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, smart girl. I like you. And then immediately when she turns around and finds Norman in drag, she just drops it. She's like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, no, that would that would make me want to grip it even more and, like, yeah. raise it up. Why are you dropping it, girl? I thought you were the smart lesbian here. Come on. Yeah. You are not a smart, sensible lesbian. No. No lesbian would drop that. No. No. Not They'd come in there with a power tool and yeah. fix the place up and kick Norman out and start like a whole a tool belt. Yeah, start a whole franchise across the nation and they that's would the story. Flip I flip that motel so quickly and turn a profit. Oh my god! Did yeah. they? Did they tear that? I think they tore that down. Right, the actual psycho house. Not in California. The, okay. the one in Orlando they did unfortunately. Okay. Right. But I think right. the one in California is still there. And, uh, yes. Oh, Norman's in full mother drag and stuff, and mm-hmm. she's like trying to explain like. The backstory, like, listen, that wasn't your mom. Like, just you're, you've gone crazy, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually, like, she's chased up to the bedroom where, you know, 
mother, not mother, is stored. And he just goes crazy and, like, starts to stab the corpse of Mrs. Spool. Mm -hmm. And, like, chops off her head and stuff. And then the sheriff comes and is like, Norman, they're never going to let you out again. And he's like, but at least I'm free. And I'm like, oh, that's actually really moving. Um, because it's true. He like he, he he leaves in a police car and he goes away from the house. And you're like, oh, that that is kind of true. At least mother's not going to be there, you know. Except he but has her severed he's hand. he's kept her fucking hand. I'm like, well, Norman, way to fuck that up, you know. Yeah. Not really free. And then he does that little thing that he did at the end of part one where he yeah. smiles at the camera. Yeah. What I love about this last shot is that it's so theatrical because Mm -hmm. the first thing that fades out is the background of the car moving behind him yeah and then like the car lights fade out and then it's just this one key light on his face Mm -hmm. and it's and then that fades out i'm like what a cool way to end the movie Mm -hmm. it's a lot of really cool touches like that and there's another one where he's in like the hospital room with maureen and then he walks out into a door and then he closes the door and he's in like his mother's room. Yeah. That, like, it's transition. really cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's like yeah. these really cool transitions and yeah. lighting effects. Really great work. There was something on IMDb, IMDb about um, one of the, t- one of the actors was questioning him as a director and didn't think he knew anything about blocking. So he's like, can you explain to me like this blocking of the scene? And like, he was like, actually I can like walk you through every little single thing in this. <laughs> um, so, yeah. He, he was prepared. Very detailed person here and yeah for a first time director like this is really solid yeah yeah i mean it it makes sense because i mean he he had worked with so many fantastic directors that by this point he probably got some of it like well that works that doesn't work i don't like when directors do this i do like when when they do this so Mm -hmm. he was probably able to sort of pick and choose what he liked and kind of create his own style. He apparently approached Richard Franklin and wanted to like co-direct, but then Franklin didn't really want to. So he was like, I guess I'll do it alone. Yeah, Co-directing's yeah. tricky. That's always yeah. really weird because it's yeah. like, who really does call the shots? You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it only really works well with one person. Sure. I like it. I, I like it. it. I think it, it's sort of a great, like elaborate epilogue of sorts to the second one that like mm-hmm. ties up a lot of loose ends from that one and it I, does, like that yeah. it get, I like that it gets rid of the emma spool stuff and like with mm-hmm. like it still acknowledges that it happened like all that actually yeah. happened but it was just like oh actually she was just crazy which i believe like you yeah, know like they don't crazy. do anything stupid like that last little scene was a dream yeah. or something you know, like yeah. they, they don't thankfully they don't do that no and uh, you know the second one ends with norman just like being free and like being able to do whatever he mm-hmm. wants so like you have to have some kind of repercussion to that at least yeah. i think so like i i think that they do that pretty well in this one and um mm-hmm. they establish the fact that like he is crazy throughout this one again which uh, makes yeah. sense after everything that happened in the second one i i, I think overall it's a, a good follow-up in terms of the, the story oh yeah i could Definitely. see everything um the tracy character i'm still kind of like you know what's why is she here but you know yeah uh, it'd be nicer if she had like a little bit more meat on her bones you know just yeah, yeah. more to do but yeah yeah and i like that it points fingers at like the catholic church a lot throughout this and just how... i'm always up for that yeah yeah i know <laughs> me too it's like they're just as responsible for repression as like a psycho mother who you know exactly is, you know keeping her son from doing anything it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a nice little it's a smarter film that i think people give it credit for because it, it is really so is. like sleazy but there's i think it definitely has um things to say yeah. and yeah it's a nice mix of smarts and sleaze yeah smeezy or t- smeezy it's very smeezy it's a very smeezy film probably the best overall film we covered this month although we did cover some doozies yeah. that um were I mean, so interesting look, in their own right yeah hell world is hard to top <laughs> and i'm sorry if this didn't um live up to that high standard follow up <laughs> it didn't have a, a late game twist like that no. you know groundbreaking norman's been burying them alive with cell phones yeah do we have any overlooked gems this week? Uh, well, now mine for this week mm-hmm. is a little picture called Axe. And this is also known as California Axe Massacre, which I mm. like that title more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a movie. It's a very small film. Yeah. Uh, Severin put it out on Blu-ray a few years ago. And it's, it's like 70-something minutes. It's like clearly made with like four bucks okay it's like it's a <laughs> tiny low budget movie mm-hmm. but it's got this vibe i really like it's it's about these robbers that like kill some people and then they hide out at this house that's kind of secluded in the country where this 
young girl is taking care of, I think it's either her father or like her grandfather who's in invalid. Mm-hmm. And um, they start to realize that she might be a little off her rocker. And they have decided to hide out in a place where they should not have hidden out in. And uh, things get pretty bloody and frightening. And it's just got a cool vibe. I, I like the vibe. It's not like the best written or the best acted or the best yeah. shot film of all time. But it's yeah. just I, I like I like the chutzpah, you know, the chutzpah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm always here for a good vibe. I can. Yeah. Yeah. One that we've talked about, but I don't think we've made an official gem. And I'm only going to mention it because it's now streaming on Shudder, of course, is Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. Oh, uh, you know, everyone's talking about everyone's it. Everyone's talking, so happy. which is great. So I feel like I'm I need so to happy. throw out a recommendation while the you know yes. buzz is still going here yeah oh oh god this movie deserves all the buzz it can possibly get yeah yeah uh you know the, the rejected by her lover the only man left in cheryl's life is the orphan nephew she has raised as her own son she'll stop at nothing to keep billy with her when her plans mm-hmm. misfire she is swept up into an insane frenzy that means death to anyone that comes between her and her obsession but the investigating detective is convinced that Billy is the real killer and determined to prove it. Madness and fanaticism work together to drag all concerned into a terrifying vortex of bloodletting that adds to Nightmare's twist uh, to this classic Ooh. Oedipus story. There we that's go. a good description. It was. Thank you, Letterboxd. <laughs> wow, that's really good. That would make me want to see it. Yeah. Unlike the fucking trailers when it was first yeah. released. And it was just called Night, night Warning. warning. Like, what the fuck does that mean? What's a Night Warning? They're both bad like, titles, but one is at least kind of campy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker. Yeah, it's, it is just a sleazy, sleazy film. And Susan Terrell, Terrell, mm, amazing, amazing. Such a great just, performance. It's like one of the best performances on screen. It's so period. good. It's so good. It it's indescribable. Like, yeah. you don't think she's going to go to the places where she goes. No, because she's playing it like super incestuous and yeah. it's really gross. It's so gross and wonderful at the same time. It's like Piper, Laurie, and Carrie. Yeah. Like times 8,000, which yeah. if you can even imagine that, like Absolutely. that's what it is. Absolutely. It's crazy. And there's some like surprisingly sympathetic, like queer vibes in this movie yeah. too. Like because the, the, there are the like two, two villains in this. Yeah, there are two villains in this. The um susan terrell's and then this um detective who is super homophobic uh, and he's like accusing this coach right of um of killing people or, or how's the coach involved i can't remember but he, the he's coach wrapped up is in the lover of the first victim right 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 right, right. susan terrell kills yes. and he thinks billy did it because he's involved in a love triangle with yeah. with the dead guy and the coach and yeah. so he that that that's what he's trying to prove yeah but the and coach is like isn't a creeper an or anything. He's just like a normal no, like guy a really for the most guy. part, and like he's yeah. supporting Billy and everything. And uh, yeah, it's it's just a really interesting blend for. And this came out like 1981, so super mm-hmm. early. And uh, to have this somewhat positive representation of a queer character yeah. is just really interesting. It's wonderful. In that way. Um, yeah, because I mean, the the real homophobe of the film is the detective, and yeah. and it's pretty clear that the film doesn't like this guy. You know, like yeah. he's supposed to be a piece of shit, and it's. Even Cheryl um, is like kind of homophobic at times. She is so too, She makes yeah. some comments too. It's like she really is. And uh, meanwhile, she's you know psycho. So it's you know, yeah. It's like again, well, so basically, homophobes are psychos. Knew that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Totally. She's because it's she so she's good. repressed and everything, you know. And she's yeah. Uh, and it has a lot of similar vibes, I guess, to Psycho in that regard, and how she's like mm-hmm. trying to control her quote unquote you know nephew slash son slash whatever he is, and uh, yeah. you know. The fact that people are enjoying it and spread, spreading the word about it, it just makes me happy for humanity. It yeah, really does. Me too. Me too. That this small little film that could is finally getting its due. Finally. This small little sleazy, sleazy, sleazy film. Well, because is here, here's due. the thing. Every time I recommend this, yeah. the people that watch it are like, oh my God, this movie's amazing. Why yeah. have I never seen this? Yeah. I'm like, there has to be something there. If every time I recommend it, everyone's like, this movie's fantastic. Yeah. And yet no one really talked about it. I'm like, that is not fair. It's mm-hmm. not fair. Mm-hmm. But people are so talking finally. about it now. So, yeah. Finally. But, including us. We're talking about it. So yes. We well, we will never stop talking no. about it. We will cover it at some point. We so will. We'll we have to. We really do. We do. Well, that is a wrap on this crazy ass month. So next month, we're going in another a, com- a completely different direction yet again. <laughs> Very classy direction. Very classy. We're, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're going to have yeah. to class it up for this. And yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll, 
<laughs> we'll have to clean out the, the cum from the wall. and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which went really well with this movie. I, I mean, can you imagine the walls and the carpet of Bates Motel? What have, what has that scene, you know? Those are probably seen. If you brought in, like, a black light, can you imagine All what that, that would look like there? All that sweat and semen and blood Ugh. and, yeah. It's gross. Can you gross. imagine? Mm. So, no, uh, yeah. next month we're getting a little classier, and we're going to talk about uh, right. Girls with Ghosts, right? Girls with Ghosts, girls yes. With ghosts. I'm so excited about this. In the meantime, you know, you can follow us, as always, at HOHH Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and on Homos on Haunted Hill on Instagram. We are on Patreon uh, at, yes, patreon.com slash Homos on Haunted Hill, as I said earlier. We are, where are we? We're at Letterboxd. Um, you can leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love that, but please be kind. Um, if you have criticisms, you can just message us directly. We would love to hear that, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, sure. Why, Why not? not? Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that all? I feel like there's something else. I think else. so, yeah. I think that's about it. Yeah. Again, crazy-ass yeah. fucking month. Uh, long month. Mm-hmm. But we got through it all. Yeah. You could have been coming, but now you're going. But now you're going. Yeah. Look what I did. It was like it was like a bookend. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we started. Now that's how we're wrapping up. Look at this. Yes. So well planned. So, so planned. Like everything we do in this podcast. Yes. Yes. It's not planned. You don't know what we're doing. So, <laughs> thank you for listening because we don't know what we're doing. So. Yes, as always. Thank you for your support. We don't say it enough, but we appreciate it. And yes, we yes, sure do. We sure do. Um, okay, we'll see you in April. Goodbye. Goodbye.